Chapter 41 of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Mack, Tucson, Arizona. Science in Short Chapters by W. Matow Williams. Chapter 41 The Corrosion of Building Stones. About fifty years ago, two eminent French chemists visited London and rather astonished the natives by a curious feature of their dress. They wore on their hats large patches of colored paper. Coming as they did from Paris, many supposed that this was one of the latest Paris fashions, and the dandies of the period narrowly escaped the compulsion to follow it. They probably would have done so had the Frenchmen shown any attempt at decorative shaping of the paper. They neglected this because it was litmus paper, and their object in attaching it to their hats was to test the impurities of the London atmosphere. Blue litmus paper, as everybody knows nowadays, turns red when exposed to an acid. The French chemists found that their hat decorations changed color and indicated the presence of acid in the air of London. But when they left the metropolis and wandered in the open fields, their blue litmus paper retained its original color. By using alkaline paper, they contrived to collect enough of the acid to test its composition. They found it to be the acid which is formed by the burning of sulfur and attributed existence to the sulfur of our coal. At this time, the domestic use of coal was scarcely known in Paris. Subsequent experiments have proved that they were right, that the air of London contains a very practical quantity of sulfurous and sulfuric acids, which are due to the combustion of that yellow shining material more or less visible in most kinds of coal and has been occasionally supposed to be gold. It is iron pyrites, a compound of iron and sulfur. When heated, the sulfur is separated and burns, producing sulfurous acid, which, exposed to moist air, gradually takes up more oxygen and becomes sulfuric acid, which in concentrated solution is oil of vitriol. In the air it is very much diluted by diffusion, but it is still strong enough to do mischief to some kinds of building materials. In manufacturing towns such as Birmingham and Sheffield, the quantity of this acid in the air is much greater than in London, and there its mischief is consequently more distinctly visible. The Church of St. Philip, which stands nearly in the middle of Birmingham and is surrounded by an old churchyard, was so corroded by this acid that the stone peeled away on all sides, and its condition was most deplorable. The tombstones were similarly disintegrated on their surfaces, and inscriptions quite obliterated. It became so bad that a few years ago restoration was necessary, and it was newly faced accordingly. Some of the old tombstones that are preserved may still be seen against the church wall, and their peculiar structure is well worthy of study. They display a lamination or peeling away due to unequal corrosion, certain layers of the material of the stone having evidently been eaten away more rapidly than others. Anybody visiting Birmingham may easily examine these as St. Philip's Churchyard is situated between the two railroad stations of New Street and Snow Hill, 
and is but two minutes' walk from either. Other stone buildings in the town have suffered, but in very different degrees, and some have quite escaped, proving the necessity of careful selection of material wherever cold fires abound. In Birmingham, the action of cold fires is assisted by other sources of acid vapor. The process of pickling brass castings, that is, brightening their surface by dipping first in common nitric acid, pickle ackee, and then in water, is attended with considerable evolution of acid fumes. Besides this very widespread use of acid, there are several chemical manufactories that throw still more acid into the air immediately surrounding them. As an example of the action of the atmospheric acids of London upon building stones, I have but to name the Houses of Parliament, which have only been rescued from superficial ruin by the patchwork replacing of certain blocks of stone and various devices of siliceous and other washings that have been carried out at great cost to the nation. That such an unsuitable material should have been used is disgraceful to all concerned. The ruin commenced before the building was finished. At the time when its erection commenced, there were abundant evidences of the ruinous action of London atmosphere on some kinds of stone and the capability of others to resist it. For while many modern buildings are peeling and crumbling, some of the oldest in the midst of the city show scarcely any signs of corrosion. The Birmingham and Midland Institute was established and in practical operation a few years before the present noble building was erected. I was the first teacher there and conducted the science classes in the temporary premises in Cannon Street. Having observed with some interest the disintegration of St. Philip's Church and other buildings, I was anxious for the safety of the new institute buildings and accordingly made some experiments upon the material proposed to be used by the architect. My method of testing was very simple, and as the practical result has verified my anticipations, I think it might be adopted by others. First, I immersed some lumps of the stone in moderately strong solutions of sulfuric and hydrochloric acid successfully, and observed whether any visible action occurred after some days. There was none. Then I roughly tested the crushing pressure of small samples in their natural state and subjected similar sized pieces to the same test after they had been immersed in the acids. I found thus that there were no evidence of internal disintegration even after several days immersion and therefore inferred that the stone would stand the acid vapors of the Birmingham atmosphere. This has been the case with that portion of the building that was built of the material I tested. As I know nothing of the stone which is used for the extension of the building under the present architect, Mr. Chamberlain, I am unable to make any forecast of its probable durability. The experiments I made at the time named with this and other building materials justified the conclusion that the worst of all material for exposure to acid atmospheres is sandstone, the particles of which are held together by limestone or are otherwise surrounded by or intermingled with limestone, and that the best of ordinary material is a pure sandstone quite free from lime. I do not here consider such luxurious material as granite or porphyries. Compact limestone, 
such as good homogeneous marble, stands fairly well, although it is slowly corroded. The corrosion, however, in this case is purely superficial and tolerably uniform. It is a very slow washing away of the surface without any disintegration such as occurs where a small quantity of limestone acts as a binding material to hold together a large quantity of siliceous or sandy material and where the agglomeration is porous and the stone is so laid that a downward infiltration of water can take place for it must be remembered that although the acid originally exists as vapor in the air it is taken up by the falling rain and the mischief is directly done to the stone by the acidified water this of course is very weak acid indeed that which i used for testing the stone was many thousand times stronger but then i exposed the stone for only a few days instead of many thousand days as above stated my experiments were but rude but i think it would be quite worthwhile to construct crushing apparatus capable of registering accurately the pressure used and to operate with standard solutions of acid upon carefully squared blocks of standard size and thus to make comparative tests of various samples of stone when competitions for building materials are offered in the case of birmingham and midland institute building there was no such competition the choice was left entirely to the architect and my examination was unofficially conducted upon the material already chosen with the intent of protesting if it failed as it stood the test i merely reported the results informally to the architect the late sir edward berry no further action being demanded end of chapter forty one recording by tom mack